0: Good morning, friends and family. It's good to be here this morning. How are you doing? Well, me and my family, we are doing very well. We just miss you guys a lot. Well, this morning, I'll be sharing God's word with you from the book of Mark, chapter 14, from verse 1 to 52. Mark, chapter 14, from verse 1 to 52. Driven people, have you heard these words? I have, many times. But who are the Driven people. The dictionary defined them as people who are relentlessly compelled, but they need to accomplish certain goals. Like, remember, for example, now that we are in the month of June, just last, just a couple of days ago, we celebrated June 16. Remember this June 16, the Soweto uprising? The youth there, they were relentlessly pushing to accomplish certain goals and their goal was to not be taught in Afrikaans but in their mother tongues. Remember in twenty fifteen there was this uh, famous fall movement, and the, the youth were driven to get free education. And he, uh, as well up now, actually our president speaks a lot about it, there's this movement called GBV, which is driven to achieve a society where women and children will be safe and protected. Not violated or abused or murdered. And as well, if you, if you watch the news, you can see as well, there is this movement called Black Lives Matter. It is a movement that is driven to achieve equal society for all and that people are not judged by their color of their skin. As we start our passage this morning, I would like us to, in the back of your mind, to think about what drives you? What drives you? So in the book of Mark chapter 14, he takes us to a final hour of Jesus' life. The pace of the gospel begins to quicken. And even everything else there, we see that he is all concentrated to something that Jesus wants to achieve. So it, everything there it takes great urgency. All of those things that Jesus has been predicting for some time now, like his betrayal, like his arrest, and his death, and all of that is, is already hours away for it to happen. So in a literal sense, we are coming to a climax of the gospel narrative. And the, as well, in the redemptive Historical sense, we are coming to those horrible and yet wonderful events, which is at the very heart of the gospel, which is his death and the resurrection. so in our know, passage, you see Jesus so driven, very motivated, dedicated, committed, determined, propelled to achieve to, to reach the cross because it is his final goal, he was driven. To get you to the cross, no matter what happened, even death could not stop him. While Jesus was driven by that, he, uh, by his purpose to achieve the uh, to achieve his goal, which is the cross, there were some people around him were driven by sinful matter. While well, this morning I will be speaking in the subject: Be driven, not by your sins, but by divine purpose. Be driven, not by your sins but by your divine purpose. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves before you as our God, as our creator, and our everything. We honor you, we praise you, and we glorify your name. I pray that as I share God's word with you, that I will be speaking your truth, not my ideas, that the, the power of your word will transform and shape many listeners and viewers, that as we hear your word, May we be encouraged and uplifted to face another day, to face another week, to face another month, and the years to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Be driven, not by your sins, but by divine purpose. So we'll see this in two parts. First, people who are driven by their sins. And then second part, I'll look into people who are driven by their, their divine purpose. So the first point this morning is people who are driven by their sins. And those are the religious leaders, Judas Cariot, and the disciples themselves at some point. And let's look at them one by one. The first one, the religious leaders. So the chief priest and the Pharisee and the teachers of the law. So let's look in verse 1 and 2. You'll see there that... Verse one and two it says there this it says this word and the chief priests and the scribes scribe were seeking how to arrest him by stilt and kill him. So the chief priests, teachers of the law, and the Pharisee and the Sadducee may not have liked one another, but they had one goal, which is to protect their own interest. Their own interests. So the teachers of the law and the Pharisee hated Jesus because he had made them appear foolish and harsh in their traditions. So the Sadducee hated him because he embarrassed them. And the chief priests hated him for his presumed authority to chase vendors in the temple grounds. So the religious leaders are so blinded by the truth because of sin, that they can't even recognize their own Messiah, who fulfills their prophecy, performs miracle, and speaks as a prophet. So, even though Jesus stood in their midst, even though they they had repeatedly heard his words and witnessed his teachings. They still did not believe him. In fact, they have devoted everything or every effort of biblical learning or their legal skill to finding a way to arrest Jesus and kill him. So they were protecting their interest. So if this is not a graphic picture of the effect of sin upon the human being, I don't know what to say. The grim reality is that if left to ourselves, what happens is that Without God's grace restraining our sin and changing our heart, we too would willfully do what? Reject Jesus. We too will seek to oppose him and destroy his kingdom should it ever come into uh, our presence and, and us being threatened by God's kingdom. The only reason why we are not enemies of Christ and his kingdom is because God's grace has changed our heart. If you are a believer this morning... If you believe in Jesus this morning, there's only one reason God has graciously changed your spiritual condition from death to life. Before you were just like the religious leaders, just like them. Then God changes our our nature so that truly we see and hear the things of God. Thereby enabling us to respond to the gospel in faith, repentance. Now I want you to think about this. If Jesus' kingdom threatened your livelihood, what would you do? If Jesus' kingdom threatened your pride, what will you do? If Jesus' kingdom threatened yourself, like your self-interest, for example, what will you do? That's what happened to the to the teachers of the law. They were threatened by the Jesus by Jesus' kingdom, and they ended up trying to kill him, and it ended up killed him actually. So I want you to ponder in those questions. So those teachers of the Lord they were driven by this sinful nature, and they ended up killing our Lord Jesus Christ. But not only the religious leaders; we have Judas Iscariot as well. Judas was driven by by sin, and he was driven to a point that, to to a point of betraying him. Look at verse ten with me. In verse ten he said, "Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them." Jesus was one of the inner cycles, of Jesus. He was one of those who Jesus reclining with him at the table. It was one of those who Jesus had, had taught. It was one of those whom Jesus loved. It was one of those whom Jesus spent some time with and trusted. In the midst of all, of all that, in the, in the midst of the celebration, remember the table? What happened? Jesus dro- dropped the bombshell and say, one of you guys going to betray me. Mark chapter 8, verse, six, verse 36 says this word. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Judah gave it, gave it to his sinful desire, greed. He wanted more and more. And he, he, the title that he, he now hangs at his head is called the betrayer. He is the betrayer now. He betrays his master for money. The question I have for you this morning is this. Have you betrayed someone in your life? One thing that I'm sure about is that Jesus Christ will never and ever betray you. Not for money, not for fame, not even for for fear of death. Rest assured of that. So we have seen that religious, religious leaders, they, they 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 killed Jesus. They they wanted to kill Jesus, and they end up killing him. And then Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus. But not only that, we see that the disciples as well, they ran away from our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 27, it says this way, it says, You will all fall away, Jesus said, for it's written, but Peter did not understand Jesus. In verse 29, Peter said that no, even if all fall away, I will not. So Jesus says to them that the time for my trial is coming, and just as it's written in the scripture, when I'm struck, you will fall away. But don't be despaired, because I'll meet you guys in Galilee. While Jesus was carrying uh, uh, was carrying the weight of the uh, of the world uh, in world sin at the cross, what happened? The disciple they ran away from him. While Jesus cried out, remember the garden of Gethsemane? What happened there? The disciples were falling asleep. Only when when a few army came and started arresting Jesus, that's when they wake up and they ran away. Make no mistake. Most of the time, we might think, we might look at the disciples and say, "These guys were really cowards. How could they betray their master? How could they run away? How could they sleep while Jesus was praying? How could they do that?" We are just like the disciple. You may affirm a thousand times that we will never stumble or fail, but each time of uh, each time we do exactly what the disciple did. Unless the grace of God enables us to stand firm. The spirit may be willing, that's what the Bible says, but the flesh is always weak. Even though we are justified sinner, we, re- we will remain weak and sinful until we die or Christ comes back. Well, we are just like Peter, just like James, and just like John. We are weak sometimes. We fall asleep, and sometimes we run away from Jesus. Jesus commands us to be diligent, and we fall asleep. Jesus speaks to us through His word, and we, our mind wanders away. Jesus com- uh, communes with us through prayer, and we lose focus, and we fall asleep. So we are all weak, as Jesus correctly noted, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. We are, after all, sinful creatures. And our sins make us weak. But have hope. Have hope. Do not be despair. Have hope. We have a high priest who knows our weakness. He knows that our flesh is weak, especially as one uh, as one himself who has taken our flesh, which is Jesus. He knows the 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 battle being waged against us. He knows the strength the, the 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 strength of the enemy. He knows the powerful lure of the world. He knows the weakness of the flesh. And he sympathized with us. Jesus did not stop loving Peter and all of the other disciples because they are weak or they run away from him. He loved them the way they are. And Jesus as well loves you the way you are. Sometimes we'll be weak. Sometimes we'll stumble. Sometimes we'll run away from him. But Jesus is saying that, I know your struggles. I'm sympathetic with it. I am here for you. Well, we have the disciples, and we have the, we had the, the religious leaders. We have Judas. All of them, they, all of them, they committed something, or they are driven by their sinful nature. Their flesh, we are so strong that they run away from the master, that they betrayed Jesus, that they kill our Lord Jesus Christ. But he. Through that, I want us to turn now to look at those who are driven by divine purpose. Those who are driven by divine purpose. So, the first one we see in this passage is the woman, the woman who devoted herself and to Jesus. In verse 3, we see, we hear this word, while he was in Bethany, reclining at a table in the homes of Simon Leper, a woman came to uh, with, with a labasta jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. The focus here is not in the woman, but uh, but on what she does her act was extraordinary devotion her act was remarkable in a story, in a, in a in a story and it was very expensive perfume that she she brought to Jesus and she poured out into uh, into our lord jesus christ like actually if you look at it the 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 the, the uh, Bible commented that they say that he, actually that perfume the the the, the Cost of it, it was a, a one-year wage. So imagine you're taking one-year payment of your salary and give it to our Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever the reason, Mary did the right thing. And she offered to Jesus one act of devotion and blessing that meant so much to Jesus. It meant so much to Jesus, it meant so much to Jesus that he, he, Jesus uh, ended up even rebuking the disciples. And the, rebuked the, the disciple, look at sick. he said, leave her alone. Jesus said, why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The, the act of our devotion brought joy from the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, but equally drew mal- malice from the hearts of Judah and the disciple. Great devotion of, uh, most of the time is misunderstood. Isn't that way? Well, it is misunderstood. But then, how do we know that this this is a great devotion? Well, the answer is we can't. We can't know that this is a, well, a great devotion because the only person who will know the great devotion is God Himself. Because the great devotion is from the heart. So, so it's not for you to judge. It is for God to see your heart and accept which what is true. If it, it is true devotion. Or not Jesus in it means what this woman did to Jesus it means so much that as well in verse 9 he tells the, he tell he says this way I'll tell you the truth whenever the gospel is preached throughout the world what she has done will also be told in memory of her can you see that now she's part of the history because of her great devotion. She did not just do it lovingly, but she did it lavishingly. It was costly. It was extravagant. In John chapter 12, actually, he goes further and say that he, actually the aroma or the fragrance of the perfume fill the room. That's what the crass devotion requires. It fills the room. It, 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 it takes all of your life. So what happened when you, when you give costly, sacrificially devotion to God? So your little act of devotion to the Lord makes a big difference. That woman, she did that. She didn't know that that was such a big thing. But she just took the oil and poured it into Jesus. Um, this shows when we use our gift in devoting to Christ, God can use it beyond our imagination. So don't be scared of, of serving Christ with your gift or with what you have. No matter how small it is, because God can make it to be great things and many people in, it will be remembered, will remember what we have, you have done. Are we extravagantly devoted to Jesus? This woman saw the prime importance to devote herself to Christ. Those who, who sit on the table, they forgot the reality of this. You Remember the disciples, they were there, they were close to him, but they forgot the reality of being devoted to Jesus, giving their all to him. Yeah, most of the time, we are, we forgot we normally forget because we we say we are part of the church, but we f- we forgot to devote ourselves or devote our life, devote our time, devote uh, everything we have into the service of our Lord Jesus Christ. I ask you today about uh, about how are you devoted to Christ? How is your life? How's your time? How much time do you give to our Lord Jesus Christ? How much much of your resources do you give to our Lord Jesus Christ? How much much of your service do you give to our Lord Jesus Christ? That's what I would like to ask you this morning. So so it was not just the woman who was driven by the divine purpose, um, but as well the most important one, it was Jesus himself. Jesus was driven by divine purpose that even though we see in this passage story after story things that are happening in this passage, but you see one thing and one thing only. Jesus is focused in his main purpose, which to reach the cross. Even though Jesus was rejected by his family, he was rejected by religious leaders, people of Israel, Judas, Scariot, and even the, the, the disciple themselves, Jesus remained obedient and focused to his mission. He, he drank the cup of wrath. He endures the hour of trial. Even though he prayed for the cup of wrath to be taken away, remember the garden of Gethsemane? He said this way. He said, not, not what I will, but what you will. So there was a danger on the road that he was taking. The death awaited him. But This was ordained by God. It was His divine purpose. Verse 49 it says, but let the scripture be fulfilled. That's what He said. Let the scripture be fulfilled. Let it happen. You yeah, know, let it happen. So everything depended upon Jesus not walking away from his hours of trial. He did endure the shame of the cross, he bore the wrath of God, he endured it all. He did it, he did the Father's will perfectly, and that is why our salvation is forever secured, and we have a sure faith and certain hope for us. So this morning I want to 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 ask you this. What are you driven for? It's like, we're all driven for something. Sometimes we are driven to achieve great things in our life. We want to achieve great, good grades in school, which is great. We are driven to, we are driven to, to, to go up, up in our, in our, in our work, you know, and we, we call it climbing corporal, corporal ladder, you know. We, we are driven to, to, to have a great family. We are driven to have good health. That's why sometimes we exercise, we exercise and eat healthy. We are driven to do something in our life. And these are all good things. But God is asking you this morning is like, you, all of us here, we are given certain purpose for us to achieve or accomplish here on earth. We are given certain purpose for us to accomplish here on earth. But the question for you is this. What are you driven for this morning? What are you driven for this morning? Let me say this. Or, oh, oh, in other words, let me ask in this in this end: What is your purpose in, in 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 this life? What is your purpose? What will you be remembered for? Remember Judas Iscariot; He remembers a betrayal. Remember the the chief chief priest and the Pharisee. They remember us the killer of Jesus. Remember the disciple. If you know the disciple, remember in two ways. The guys who ran away from Jesus or rejected Jesus at some point, but then repented, hmm, they're remembered by that. What are you going to be remembered for in this world? What are you driven? What is your purpose in, the, in this life? We are called in this world to glorify God has one of the greatest purpose in our life. Whatever we do, whatever we we do in our homes, in our work, in our church, wherever we go in our lives, we always need to put God always first in our life. We always need to do that. So, brothers and sisters, I want to say, I want to read this, this verse here. It says this way. This is what I want to be driven for. I want to be driven to glorify Jesus in everything that I do in my life, that I will be able to say these words. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I've kept the faith. That's what we are called for. And let us pray. Father, thank you for, for your word. And your word is so true that sometimes our sinful nature overwhelms us that we end up putting our interests first instead of Jesus, that we are driven by our sinful nature, that we are forgotten our main purpose here on earth, which is to glorify God or to put Jesus first. Father, I pray that we are we're not, we're not people that end up consumed by our, by our greed or consumed into betraying Jesus or consumed to things of this world but people who are driven by your divine purpose. Today, give us strength and ability to be able to devote ourselves to you. Help us in our weakness to be bold, devoted, and committed to your divine purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me say the benediction as we go. Now to him who is able to to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power and work within us. To him be the glory in church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. May God bless you and see you again next week. Amen.